Hi, and welcome to Irish Writers Podcast. We are three unpublished writers trying to make our way to publication. I'm Kate, and I'm writing a fantasy fiction novel. And I'm here with Mara. Uh, I'm writing an action comedy screenplay. And Kathy. And I'm writing a rom-com crime novel. Excellent. Excellent. I'm writing a lot of words, yes. (laughs) Okay, my question for you right now is, how do you make people care? In your story, like, yeah, or so, your screenwriting, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's something I think we all struggle with. Yeah, you know? I really don't know. I, how do you make people care about what your main protagonist is doing? Right. No idea. So the save the cat thing is within the first ten minutes, you have them doing something basically altruistic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that works for all. All of everything <laughs> but you know you have so I can't even remember the film that Save the Cat is referencing but it's referencing a film where the protagonist saves a cat out of a tree or something I can't remember properly mm-hmm. in the first 10 minutes nothing to do with anything right. so for example in Pacific Rim uh, they save a boat full of people even though they're told to ignore it to yeah. you know yeah. like, so they grab it and they get it out of harm's way um you know, so it, then you kind of go, oh, these are the good guys, you know, who do good yeah. things for people who are not yeah. selfish. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that only works with a certain type of, like, hero type character. And I think it only works with a character who's going to be a good guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I'm sure the antithesis doesn't apply. I, mm-hmm. I don't suppose you can have your bad guy just, like, kick a puppy or something like that. <laughs> and you're like, bad guy, you know? yeah. Well, yeah, you would know it was a bad guy, but whether you would care about what they do... Yeah. I want to follow the story is probably a different... Because this is my problem. My problem is that my characters are not necessarily good or bad. They're middling. Mm-hmm. And um, their actions are questionable at best. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want you to love them all the same. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, don't, I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. Well, I think you did, you did a very good job in the first chapter where... Remy, who is one of the main characters, you set up his story as, he, oh, he just got severely dumped, yeah, and everybody yeah. knows about it. Yeah. And he's and mortified. He's mortified about yeah. it, and everyone keeps bringing it up. Yeah, mm. yeah. So you're using the relatable thing there to make and it that like, people you know. sided with her. Yeah. But you see, does that not imply, like, if all his mates sided with her and the new guy, does that not imply that he's a bit of a moron? But I think there's a thing about a protagonist, (laughs) is that as an audience member or a reader or whatever you are, you have this first identification with the protagonist, right? So knowledge is something you can latch on to. So when you're talking about it from Remy's point of view, people are thinking, oh my God, maybe I was in a similar, although not as heightened situation at some point. Oh my god, what if that happened to me? I see right. you think all my friends like my girlfriend better than me anyway. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, something yeah, like that. Okay, so okay. Mm-hmm. so I think it's like you're exposing a vulnerability. So I think that's another okay. way of doing it. It's Make them vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that because we we don't necessarily first of all relate to an antagonist or a secondary character, we relate to the protagonist first. Yeah. Right. Unless the protagonist is very alien to us. Okay. And we can't like you know, you know we all know like stories where the protagonists were so alien we couldn't latch yeah. on to anything of their I feel like that about Wuthering Heights. Like I just okay. don't relate to those people mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Um 
But for the most part, even if there's something a little bit similar, we don't have to be the same as them, but yeah. a little bit similar yeah. for you to some, hook into. Some quality yeah. that, that okay. is relatable. Okay. And evokes a feeling that we might have felt in a personal yeah. situation before. So we might be, we might be mortified. We've all been mortified, <laughs> yes. right? Yes. <laughs> you know. So more than others. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly a feeling yes. I can relate to. <laughs> yeah. So I guess like you're like, and even though you might yeah. not even be mortified in the same situation or relate to that person, you in that moment remember your own mortification and the pit of the stomach kind yeah. of hotness mm-hmm. feeling yeah. and think that that person is feeling that thing. So I think the trick about that writing is to make the audience, reader, or viewer, or whoever they are, uh, associate themselves with the protagonist. Right, okay. And once you associate the self with the protagonist, you care. This is what makes writing an art form. Okay. Because you can't just tell the facts. Yeah, and somebody. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish I could just like sudden, write, like you know, or Remy's the good guy, by the way. Yeah, you know. So, hey, so it's like, like reader tip, you yeah. know, you yeah. know, please yeah. like him. Yeah. <laughs> and so you have to bring through some kind of an emotional attachment mm. um, to that to the protagonist. Yeah. Or to, you know, yeah, whatever characters, I mean, sub-characters as well. And I wonder, is that why I'm struggling with my second character? Because my second character, Lizzie, is not at all, she's not vulnerable. Hmm. She's not particularly likable. Well, but she she was in an abusive relationship. She was, yeah. And she was... A victim of that, and maybe. But I, I think she yeah. kind of overcompensates and comes across as like kind of a, a badass bitch, but she's actually not at all. No. She's really she's gone from one bad situation to the next, mm-hmm. and she I think I think her, the family yeah. stuff is what what hooks you in with her. I think mm-hmm. okay. because you see this as a large family that lost the father. Yeah. Her mother can't work; she's got all these children to mind, or she might work a little bit, but she's definitely. Yeah bringing mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. and so Lizzie is there being the breadwinner of a mm-hmm. family that isn't her own family that she's made yeah so that's an unusual situation mm-hmm. to be in and I think that's like you you could recognize that as a between it's one thing to sort of make choices in your life and to have to you know like support a family yourself but mm-hmm. it's another thing to be forced to support a family that you didn't have a choice about and I think like and they're like your it's like party of five isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And I think that's like I think that's relatable in but a he sense was relatable I think in party of five like I know it was a bit of a melodrama but I think you know I yeah think and that's why I sympathy think, for him I think that that's what you can have sympathy for Lizzie in that respect because yeah. she's trying mm-hmm. and and she's so very deep in it she's just trying to make it work so it's maybe not you know, you can see how, like, she can't maybe really think about how she's in this situation and how her mother, her parent, has yeah. partly put her in this situation. Um, so she just, you can't think about that. Just keep keep, keep on, mm-hmm. keep it on, and just try and, and get through and yeah. food mm-hmm. on the table and stuff like that. Okay, so it is vulnerability that pulls her in as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So is there any other trick, like, other than show them the good guy, make them vulnerable? I mean, is there any other way of making them likable? Well, that's a well, yeah. I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I struggle with this as well. Yeah, but in some ways, I think it's the tone sometimes as well. Like, so if you make kind of like um, funny, sorry, Kate, am I stepping on your toes? No, no, no. Which moves (laughs) me into the next. Well, no, no. Don't move into the next one. No, we can talk about it again. But like, um, I think sometimes if you're. if you are making jokes about it and your um, main character is making jokes and he's like the fun time guy yeah. and, you know, I guess yeah. you'll know that he's the 
good guy. But like, I mean, I'm thinking of like office comedies and stuff like that, like where, um, you know, <clears throat> I'm thinking of like rom coms, and do you know where there's always like the the guy who's like, um, oh Peter Perfect, and he's mm. like you know handsome and he's all grasped. Um, and she's like initially dating but they're not really in love and then there's like mm. this gooder guy in the office and he's like maybe not as handsome but yeah. he's funny and he's engaging and he really likes her and you know well if we talk about The Office yeah right? you're talking about okay. The Office um, I'll just use the American one because I prefer <laughs> that one um, the reason why Jim is very likeable is the vulnerability okay. so we know that he's in love with Pam yeah um, and uh, you know yeah he does these I mean if Jim didn't have vulnerability he'd be an obnoxious character yeah. he actually does obnoxious he does on his really colleagues. horrible things yeah to... <laughs> I mean like, they're hilarious yeah. but you yeah. know if he wasn't vulnerable in that way if he was if he was Peter Perfect mm-hmm. who he'd just come across as being mean and bullying mm-hmm. okay. it's the fact that he is an underdog mm-hmm. you know and that he isn't like he isn't living a life that he wants He's only stuck in the paper company because the girl he's in love with works there. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's kind of in a dead-end job in a dead-end town. And he's, like, if you look at... And, and I really love The Office. Because I've watched it so many times and thought about it a couple of different ways. You think <laughs> of Jim... Oh, have you not? <laughs> okay, it's really good. <laughs> okay, I must do. Um, yeah. I think of Jim as being someone who's really wasted. And the pranking is a symptom of the fact that he just is... Like, it's all this mm-hmm. imagination mm-hmm. and drive and like ability to do things that's just not taken up with his job right yeah, yeah so i would look and say if you feel the need to do that kind of pranking obviously a very happy person even though he's very jovial he's a very funny character yeah I, it's it's the vulnerability so he's in the um english one he's uh martin freeman okay yeah. oh yeah oh okay, okay. so like but what makes him likable is the vulnerability okay you know okay. um and again like when you're watching on screen a lot of that can come down to the actor as well sure, like, yeah, you know, yeah, I, like yeah. in Gone Girl I thought the difference between the, the film and the book was that Ben Affleck made that character a more likeable character he just yeah. has so, a certain yeah. likability yeah. whereas when you're in the book you don't like you him don't at like all him. Right. you know okay, okay. Um, so I, yeah I think like that there's that can, that can come down but I, I you know there probably is other things I just don't know what they are I've, I've had struggle with this as well to kind of because you want people to care about your yeah. protagonist and care about their story yeah. how did you do it how did you do it with your main character I, I don't know if people care <laughs> <laughs> well see this is I don't know out. you guys have read it I, um, I, I guess it's if there's the issue of you know you want to find out if he discovers what he's looking for I think. Okay, so there's another way to hook you in is like, you know... I hope he finds what he's looking for. Yeah. That's what yeah. you want. You raise the question and... Okay. Um, or you either hope that he finds what he's looking for or maybe to see... You you just want to see if it happens, whether or not he does or not doesn't. So whatever he's doing is interesting enough. It's not really the character you get hooked into. It's but his it activities. The, but and it then is through the, the activities, it is the character. If you know what I mean? Mm. But it is the character itself. Like, if you don't care about the character, yeah. it's very... You're less likely to follow through with the book. Yeah. I think you have to You have to have some kind of emotional... Connection. T- yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, there's there's a book that I read recently. Um, it was recommended. It's a fantasy fiction book. Um, that it's I won't say the name of it because it's a po- popular book. Um, 
of people who read fantasy, mm-hmm. and the main character, I, I didn't like him. Okay. And I, I even though people rant like and about? rave about these what books and like how well they're written. Okay, so this character, um, he was very much a, a it, like everything he did, he did perfectly well. Like he was a genius. Like he didn't know how. Um, he was a musician and then he was really intelligent and then he was really everything everything he did turned to gold okay, so yeah. it's just not relatable he had the Midas touch okay and it was totally unrelatable and then there was this love interest that he you know she wasn't so interested in him but you knew that he was going to get what he wanted okay and it, I, I just hated it Okay. I could not. I could not stand the main character. So at all. I guess is it that all characters need to have a weakness of some sort? Flaws so do you know to be human. Yeah. He was. Yeah. It was. It was so predictable, in okay. that sense, that there wasn't anything that I was hoping he would get. Yeah. yeah. There was nothing. I knew that. You know, maybe I was hoping that there was something that he he wasn't great at. For one, for one, it was written in first first person. And I was actually going to write my next book in first person, which is fine. Okay. But I have, I, I tend to not want to read it. it was, as soon as I see that it's in first person, I don't. I, I kind of judge it. Okay, it's you're put terrible. off by it. I'm put off by it. Okay. Um, but anyway, it was first person. It's from this character's kind of view and. Um, yeah, it it was. I just didn't like the fact that he was always this. Um, yeah, he 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 did everything like the first try. He did yeah. it perfect, or he was that much better than everybody else. And it, I just couldn't follow the. Yeah, for somebody like that, I I didn't have any. So just on, the, on the opposite swing, I think another shortcut to making people care is the underdog. Mm-hmm. Mm. So if someone is the underdog, which is the opposite. So I was just thinking that even right. if your book and your first character is quite, is quite privileged, and in your second book or your other story, there have characters who would not be, mm-hmm. and they're very vulnerable, and I think mm-hmm. they're more immediately likeable, the twins, mm-hmm. than, um, because they're more, they, yeah. you know, out of, like, they are very vulnerable where mm-hmm. they are. So I do think, like, the, the underdog, I think of that film Rudy, <laughs> you know, I was like, if someone is struggling, I think there's something to whether relatable about struggling. But know? why don't we like the, like, the captain of the football team or the, you Because we weren't that guy. But, but everybody loves the captain of the football team or the, like, head cheerleader or the whatever. But so not in stories. Like in our but own stories, yeah. In our own selves, even if we were the most popular person and the best person at... They were we struggled, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not like even. I guess nobody ever thinks that they're the captain of the football team. Oh, well, they are. <laughs> the captain. Of the yeah, football yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like I remember when they were making Clueless. Uh, um, so the the woman who made it said that she was asked to write um, something about the in crowd. So mm-hmm. yeah. it was things to write about the out crowd, the underdog all the time. So she was like, it's very challenging to write about the in crowd to make the in crowd likable to make you care about the in crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, because the in crowd are people who don't struggle. Right. So mm-hmm. then she had to like 
you know, obviously, and then she, you know, she went back to Austin and anyway, yes, started yeah, the story yeah, on the train, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, um, <clears throat> thinking about that. And I think you're, when you're talking about stories, you're talking about things mm. you want, obstacles to getting what you want, like, and, and if you are, if you're mm. like the most popular person in the school, then maybe you can get whatever you want. And that's just not an interesting story. Yeah. And know? I was going to say that. I wonder, is it like, you know, even when you're gossiping among your friends, yeah. you know, it's always the things that went disastrously oh, wrong yeah, yeah. that are the best stories. Mm. Like the story about where, you know, you went for the job interview, you got the job interview and now you're in the job. Is yeah. a three line story. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Nobody yeah. cares about it. You need the, the obstacle. job interview you need where, the, like, you know, something to overcome. Yeah, yeah, where everything went wrong. That's a hilarious story. Or the yeah. time like you got down to the bus and you had no bus card or whatever or it was. The captain of the football team getting his comeuppance. Yeah, you know, being you know. brought down lowly like the rest of us. Yeah. So I think it's like it's we all struggle no matter who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe for the most part we don't just think in terms of oh, I'm so successful everything I do is successful because we don't no, human no, beings we focus on yeah. the negative yeah. so when we struggle with something I think and we see other people struggling we identify with the struggle and I mm-hmm. think you'll find when when groups dislike each other or groups like you know in terms of discussion about immigration they dehumanise each other and to rehumanise they tell stories mm-hmm. they tell stories of struggle and stories yeah. of caring and stories right. of um, interactions with other people yeah. and those are all the things the stories that make us care about people yeah okay. they're not the oh my god 10 gold medals yeah they're like you know the thing where someone but has suppose, nothing yeah it's you know? just you feel by the guy who got 10 gold medals you're like but, I'll never have one but his, the story of him how hard he worked <laughs> yeah, to yeah. get those like that's an interesting story yeah yeah, yeah yeah not that oh my gosh yeah. I'm naturally talented at everything yeah and yeah. It's just not interesting. Really. Yeah. It's just yeah. not interesting. Like, there's yeah. a story in the middle of Born to Run, which is this book about running, it's not fiction. At all, <laughs> okay, right. right. Like, and, and it's the guy, and I, like, it made me cry. And okay. I was like, how could a book about running make me cry? Yeah. This is a story in the middle. I won't remember it right, right? Yeah. Just saying that now. Mm-hmm. But it's about um, these two guys, and it's during the Cold War, and a guy from Eastern Europe who, behind the Iron Curtain, who kept winning the gold Olympics. Yeah. And there was a guy, an American guy, I think he was American or Australian. He was yeah. the first world country with a lot of money behind him and he never got a gold. He was yeah. always beaten by this guy. Yeah. And then the one Olympics where they were out, that they weren't allowed in, yeah. he still didn't win. Right. right. And he was going somewhere and he was passing through this guy's country and this guy is, you know, was like a janitor or something, right? Because yeah, he was under a communist system and yeah. he, you know, the, um, and he went to, um, you know, pay his respects to the guy and, and this guy gave him something as he left the country, just a package, and he thought it was going to be something like Get Me Out, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got on the plane, opened it, and it was the gold medal. Aww. See? <laughs> the guy yeah. who had nothing yeah. gave him the thing he didn't have, yeah. you know? Yeah. And like, you know, and obviously the actual story is much more detailed, much more, but it's yeah. so, like, the notion of, like, well then hang a second there was a niceness there that got us to I didn't identify with the guy who couldn't win I identified with the guy who did something nice yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, the benevolent sort of like mm-hmm. and you know yeah no so true you're like you back to the but you know again thing. it's about to this guy who had the one thing that you thought you wanted all along right. this guy has it he has nothing else mm-hmm. but he has the one thing you always wanted and you see his life and you see that he has nothing yeah and he has so much has nothing that the thing that you always wanted maybe isn't that big a deal because yeah. he just gave it away to you yeah. you know yeah. like 
I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't all... identify with the guy who couldn't win. I really no, don't. I know. I don't think anyone does. I don't think anyone does. Because you only <laughs> identify with winners. winners. <laughs> 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 like, I don't know. But, but I was like, like I, I don't care about him at all. I'm like, I think he's petty. But, but, the gesture, but he is like a I'm privileged like, person who yeah. can't get there. And But if he was someone, like, you you really wouldn't care about him all. He was like, oh, he had all the money and he won all the gold medals. End of story. Who cares? Yes, you know? So in terms of narrative... We care about the people who struggle. We care okay. about the struggle. And I don't okay. think we so much care about... Although, like, obviously there are stories about... when Even the stories that are about people of privilege, it's always a, the compelling ones are... So, like, the king's speech is, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. about a king, for yes. God's sake. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he can't give a speech. And it's about the struggle. Right? Yeah. It's not about... Well, he's yeah. a, he's, even though he's the king, he's like an underdog. He's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. In this context, like, like, the way yeah. that they yeah. made the story. Yeah. 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 Even yeah. though... He, like he's totally still the fringe person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like um, the Martian that I read this week in some movie. The um, the guy is like you know he's incredibly intelligent. He's the like he's a freaking astronaut. They don't pick them when I be, but at yeah. the same time he says like I'm the least important person on the mission. Yeah, I'm the last one off onto Mars. I'm right. the you know yeah, like yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. like and I still like and obviously <laughs> you know he it's all about his struggle. Yes, yeah. yes. So you know and he he's quite funny and self-deprecating and that mm. makes them likable too yeah. you know okay so I think yeah funny and self-deprecating I think mm. those things do make people likable mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Um, hmm, okay okay so I'm backing up yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm taking these down <laughs> or even the doubts like if some if the, you can get into the internal thoughts of yeah. the character and they start you know, they're they're not this. They don't come across as this completely confident person, mm. even if they seem like they are. Mm. But they, there's something else. Yeah. There. I feel like if there's they a, if they don't have an external struggle, mm-hmm. I'm not sure I care about their internal one. The only thing is, okay. if they're first person, then you can know what's going on behind the eyes, and you can hear the internal struggle. But if they're but if you have an internal person, struggle, that you're like. I'm not sure if I'm going to win. Oh, I did win. Yay! <laughs> you know? Like, I feel like they have to have an external struggle as well, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you it think? has to be something that... Like, because people can struggle with all sorts of things and you can be like, I don't, just don't care about that. I don't think that's a, mm-hmm. you know, a thing mm-hmm. that... I don't know, I can't think of an example now of something that I'm just like, yeah, I don't care. Like, <laughs> mm. Well, because they yeah. don't make it through. <laughs> you know? What do I think when the last time I read a book and I went, yeah, I don't care. Um... I actually yeah didn't make it through um, that Harper Lee's new one. Um, oh yeah, I haven't. Read it. <coughs> oh, right, well, I started from Book Club Islam. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I read about half of it, and I think I gave up because I stopped caring. I mm-hmm. just stopped caring about her struggle. I just don't care about it. Yeah. Um, it's just not that important to me. Why? Why do you think? Because I'm vague as to why she's struggling with it. Okay. Do you know, I feel like if she just sat down and shut up, this would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, and I, you know, like she's, I'm like, I guess I don't understand which side of the argument she's on. I don't really understand what it is that she's struggling with. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I'm not clear and yeah. therefore I've given up. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know whether it's because I read my book, you know, last thing before I go to sleep, you yeah. know, or what, but, um, yeah, I just I have I have I have to finish it because we have it for book club, but I'm dreading going back to it. I just I like I've read three books in between, and that'd be very mm. unlike me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess I, I I just 
I'm not clear on what her struggle is. I guess it's I don't identify with her. That's, a, that's a problem. First draft as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh sure, it's sure. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But, I, yeah like, no, I, it's good to kind of though when you when you're kind of at the point where you're like, I don't care. You're like, well, why don't I care? What what's missing? Yeah. You know, for as a writer, for you to add in, because I think it is really hard to make. Yeah. Like, I've had a lot of people say I don't care about your protagonist to me. Yeah. And I'm kind of yeah. like, I don't get it. You yeah. know? Um, why not? Yeah. You know, and uh, again, I never, like, love <laughs> that's like making a lot of um work then about trying to, and I for me, I think the answer is the vulnerability thing. Mm-hmm. Is the is the showing the struggle? Yeah. Yeah. in a way that I don't I just she looks like a machine from the outside and I right. you know yeah and while I think that that's fine because that's a way sometimes some humans behave yeah um I think to, to show the doubt and to yeah. show that it's important too and I yeah. yeah so that's really what I was working on when I last edit yeah before I stopped okay. working yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah no I hmm. it's usually challenging you know it is and especially because if your character is not an mm. underdog and mm-hmm. it's not a straightforward hero either. Yeah, you know? and is more complicated. Um, how do you get them to care? And do you need to care about every character? No, but I think you need to care the main, the main character. Think, yeah, there has to be a reason to keep it. reading. You yeah. have to right. care enough to know what happens to them, because yeah. otherwise you just stop reading. You know? Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You okay. know, well, but the, I don't know about the anti-hero. Well, the, well, what was the? There was a book that we read. Um, perfume. Oh yeah. Yeah, and that was remember. all about the anti-hero. Mm. Like he was a horrible. Yeah, horrible. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you you continue to read because you're intrigued by. Is it curiosity? I think curiosity, like oh, um, do I open this box? What's in this box? Okay. Um, and then by the end, you're like, I hope this guy gets. All the comeuppance. Yeah. So was it the plot that was kind of keeping you going? Yeah, it was a very... It was all about smells, and it was a very unusual... It's a very unusual novel. It was very Mm -hmm. unusual, but yeah, it was very intriguing and um, Mm well-written. And yeah, so kind of in the mind of this criminal. Mm. And the things that would drive him crazy like murderously crazy you know you know and it was all it was all about describing the smells and the you know so it was very um so i think you get away with a lot if you it's well written and you can glide through without too much kind of what yeah you know um but uh, you you liked the other characters the normal characters okay really disliked the main character right okay so he was doing bad things to good people so then you're like how will it stop? How will it end? And I suppose it's like, yeah. you know, those kind of serial killer curiosity books mm-hmm. or like you mentioned before, American Psycho mm-hmm. or, you know, like, but I guess then you have to have people around them that you care about, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. to kind of care about the consequences. Or that you identify with, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. you're like, what if this crazy person comes into my life? Because yeah. I'm just like, you know, some yeah. character too. Yeah. I'm the receptionist. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So moving on to another question that's kind of similar to that is, how do you create mood and tone in your writing? Okay. How do you do that? <laughs> Somebody. I, I write silly descriptions, but you know it's different for a screenplay. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's you, you think about your pitch and you think about. What you want your people, what, what your people are dealing with. 
I kind of do it through the language, I think. Yeah. Like, for me, the tone is set by the voice of the book, mm-hmm. do you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, the language you pick, how you describe things, yeah. you know, how yeah. how quickly it's paced, you know, all those sort of things will kind of decide mm-hmm. the tone, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, but the mood, I feel like you can kind of... S- the mood, I guess, reflects kind of the mood of your characters or, or what they're going mm-hmm. through. So, like, if you get kind of, like, a very... Yeah. sad kind of you know slow scene it's got lots of description in it you know those sort of things that make it very sad mm-hmm. something that's funny fast paced you know it's got yeah bare bones description because you want to just kind of be moving mm-hmm. through it yeah. you know that mm-hmm. sort of thing yeah when i think of mood i i think of the whole the work the whole work like what is the mood kind of intending um is it lighthearted? Is it is it kind of a, a drama? Is it suspenseful? Um, is it well? And, and certain scenes can be like yeah. that too. But like an overall mood, the book. But yeah, I mean, certain scenes. Like hopefully, I have some suspenseful scene. Yes, <laughs> yes. in it. Um, but yeah, no, and like the tone of the book. Maybe that's more of a an over. Like the whole work, what is the tone? Well, I kind of, of feel like the tone the should voice. be the same the whole way through. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. the tone should be consistent. Yeah. Whereas the mood, I think you need to change that to keep it interesting. Yeah. So it's a bit like the pace. Do you know, you need to mix yeah. it up kind of, you know, because yeah. it's even like a song. You can't have like mm. fast bit, fast bit, fast bit, fast bit, fast bit. Yeah. That's like yeah. techno, that's like rave. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas, and bad rave. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? Whereas if you have a song, like a good rock song, mm-hmm. like you'll, it'll, you know, it'll have fast pieces, it'll have slow bits, so yeah. then like the next fast bit sounds faster because mm. you're kind of on funny. the roller coaster. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny. I was just thinking of music as well and kind of making your your writing your book or your screenplay kind of like that like a a song is mm-hmm. written mm-hmm. and the the different um yeah the different rhythms and the things like your with your words and how fast like the sentence mm-hmm. length or the yeah yeah, yeah. Because I think you should mix those up. Like, I don't think yeah. your sentence sounds should be the same each and every time. No. I feel but like that's, that's like an academic writing. Mm-hmm. If like you're giving... Um, not good academic writing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Moira. Um, I didn't mean it like that. Sorry. <laughs> I meant more that, like, you know, that's just... It's very dry. Yeah, yeah, so I, I think, you know... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... But I think there is a thing of like the faster pace, the shorter your sentences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, the snappier your dialogue, mm-hmm. and your you know, um, you have that momentum stuff going. Yeah, I think the tone. I think you're right. The tone is the voice. Mm-hmm. You know, and that like what your narrator voice is like. What the yeah. you know, yeah. the lens you're looking through is like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the mood like that. You can have like the mood reflecting mm-hmm. the sort of pitch of the story. Yeah, and the different scenes. Yeah, where it is. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, but you probably have a mood palette for each, you know, for each story. So like, while so my story is this kind of light-hearted tone, mm-hmm. and the mood palette is going to be things like you know frustration, annoyance, whatever, mm-hmm. and it might even go a little bit despairy. But it's going to have a different palette of colors to something that's a melodrama, whether the despair yes. is a different type of despair. Well, it's not going to have the same depth. Yeah. the same highs, yeah. I guess, yeah. you know, because yeah. you're, you're trying for lightheartedness, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. 
Um, whereas if you're writing, I think, a really poignant sort of yeah. piece, so, you will have, like, deep depths, yeah, so you can exactly. get to high highs, well, yeah. you know? And then, so those kind of things are almost skipped over. We, we sink into them, they're there under the surface, but we mm. skip through them, so they're lighter versions of those yeah, things. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well done. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, I'm going to switch to a different topic, and this one is has to do with secondary writing, and maybe we're coining this phrase. <laughs> it means writing something other than your primary work. Yeah. So like blogs and articles mm-hmm. and... Short stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything. Anything that's other. Yeah. Emails, mm-hmm. texts. <laughs> anything. Emails and texts. <laughs> yeah. Shopping lists, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, is it worth doing that, or not? I I mean, do I write for my job? Do so I get that element? I thought about writing a few articles recently because I had some ideas for some, and then I just thought that probably would be time better spent on your, especially because your screen your screenwriting is different to novel writing in the sense of your marketing thing, right? So, really, I just need one person to buy this. No need, <laughs> <laughs> like a An lot of people of to one. buy it. Over. Now, the person <laughs> that I might sell it to would yeah. need a lot of people to buy it over and over again. Yeah. So, if I had like twenty thousand followers on Twitter, right, uh-huh. that wouldn't help me one ounce to yeah. But if you were an author publishing a book and you had made a name for yourself as a writer somewhere else I could see that it might Mm, I'd argue this now to be honest I'm on the other side of the fence too I think it is good to write kind of other articles blogs all that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff because I think it keeps your writing fresh it's they're usually just short snappy Mm -hmm. sort of things they're usually random topics about Mm -hmm. like something totally different in your book Mm -hmm. you know um, and I think um, as well, it can be a way to kind of cleanse your palate, if you mm. know what I mean. Mm. So if you're kind of stuck on something and you're forced yeah. to write about a hundred different things, you can kind of sometimes come back to your book with a fresh eye, if you know what I mean. Um, but I think actually, I I question the value of a hundred thousand followers. Yeah, um, as do I. <laughs> In fact, I think they might have no monetary value at all. Well, well they definitely do, because there's some people like, um, I think Zoella, is that her name? She's a, a blogger and a YouTuber in um, the UK. She does beauty and all those sort of things. And she recently wrote a book, um, but it was very much ghostwritten, I, I think. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really sure that's true. Um, and... She got that book deal based on the fact that she, that had, she had millions, followers. millions mm-hmm. of followers. Yeah, um, and is incredibly popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can see a book like that about her life. In fact, I could imagine any book that she, if she wrote a fiction book, I'm sure her followers mm-hmm. would pick it up. You know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, because she's writing towards that audience mm-hmm. that are already there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Like this, I've often seen um, journalists mm-hmm. and um, you know very established journalists mm. um, write books that have not done that well. Yeah. You know, yeah. they've just fallen flat for one reason or another, mm-hmm. um, and, and their very established mm-hmm. career yeah. didn't help them sell that book okay. because it was, I guess, to a different audience. 
So the people who are reading um, whatever newspapers or Mm -hmm. magazines or whatever that they're reading are not the people who were likely to pick up that book. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas I think if somebody was writing kind of... um, So for instance, uh, Paul Williams, I think he writes a lot of the um, kind of crime um, Mm -hmm. sort of stories for a lot of the big newspapers. He wrote several books about Irish crime Mm -hmm. and they did very well because he's an established name and he's Mm -hmm. writing in his area. In his area. Yeah. so I think it depends on... I, I, I do mm. think there is kind of this, almost this element of celebrity mm. that can help so long as you're staying within the same brand, yeah. you know. Yeah. But I'm not convinced an unknown such as myself, um, <laughs> if should I somehow manage to garner, you know, 2,000 yeah. followers yeah. or 3,000 followers or whatever, I don't think an agent is going to look at me and think, whoa, you're a, you know, hot thing now. Yeah. You know, mm. I, I don't think it'll sway them if my writing is a piece of crap. I don't think it'll... Yeah. You know, so I don't write the blog to get the followers. No. I write the blog to improve my writing. Yeah, I think you know? that is yeah. a key, the key. Because I was thinking through, okay, so I'm editing this big work and it's just editing and I have other ideas, other, um, yeah, stories that are going on in my head that I want to get down on paper. And some are short stories. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'd like to send some to to magazines, yeah. um, just to see what would happen, you yeah, know. And, yeah. uh, but I, I just haven't, I, I just haven't carved out the time to do that, and I don't prioritize that. Um, I once heard somebody saying um, that she had written a blog. Um, I think she wrote on her blog every day mm-hmm. um, and the comment was that there was like 10,000 words that weren't in her novel but actually I think a lot of the stuff on my blog would never end up in a novel mm-hmm. it is a totally mm-hmm. different topic it is mm-hmm. a totally different tone it yeah. is you know aimed at a totally different thing mm-hmm. so I'm not using the same energies I guess no. No. but I am using the same time um, so I can see how yeah. it would take out of your novel in sense of like it'll take you longer to write your novel if you mm. keep writing mm-hmm. secondary things right but I wonder if the secondary mm-hmm. things are improving your writing mm-hmm. are, is, your, is it making your novel better in the long run but it could also get you more of a yeah for instance if you enter into some short story competitions and you just you you win, maybe. Yeah. Um, which is seems like really <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> um, I always hope. Always it, hope. Aims win. Yeah. And speaking of, there's a short story or there's the novel thing that I entered into, and I haven't heard back from them. Anyway, and they said, "Oh, by this date, you'll hear back from us." Oh, really? And okay. Oh, and that's up. been like weeks. Anyway. Um, so yeah, just to have something to get your kind of style writing out there for people mm-hmm. to see, mm. and that I know we've talked about like how important it is entering into competitions and whatnot. Yeah. But taking the time out to write short story when I'm really what I want to spend my time doing yeah. mostly is working on this novel. But then again. It might be nice to get my mind off of that for a yeah. while and yeah. just do something else. Like um, what I do as well is, um, I, like as I'm editing, I will too get ideas for stories and stuff, and mm-hmm. I just jot them down and kind of mm-hmm. throw them into my big notebook and come back to them later. Yeah. Um, 
because I think my mind is just trying to get away from the editing. It just, um, I just hate the editing. It's so tedious, it's so boring, I just hate the editing. Um, so I just feel like if I went off and wrote every idea that came into my head, I would never, ever, ever yeah. finish that book. So, you know, yeah. it's yeah, kind of, there is like a, there's like a payoff mm. at, at some mm. point where you're like, you know, either you want to get through the novel, finish this draft, you know, or you yeah. want to, you know, it, like if you've no deadline and you've no particular time, I and think we're, we're, and we're all on a finite time scale because we all have other jobs, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but I, I think, no, I think even like, I think even if you had another job, I kind of, to be honest, I kind of hive off all the writing I do in my job. I hive off as, that's my nine to five. I need to do it to get paid. Mm, do you yeah. know? So I think, Outside of that, I have a few hours before mm. I have to go to bed and fall asleep. So it, it's like, you know, it makes no difference in anybody else's life, whether it takes me two years, eight years, mm. 16 yeah. years mm. to write my book. Like, it, like nobody else out there cares. Well, your husband might right. have you. <laughs> well, but I'd still be writing. So, yeah. like, does, does he care whether I actually produce a novel? I don't think so. <laughs> you know? Whereas, like, I care. I don't want to be writing this book for the rest of my life. Yeah. I want to finish it. I want to give it a go out there in the big bad world and I want to move on to my next book because I right. think my next book will be better and the one after that will be better and the one after that will be better mm-hmm. and eventually mm-hmm. one of them will be good. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> so that's my yeah. thing because I, like, I feel like you can yeah. stew on a book yeah, if you know you what can. I mean. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's important to set yourself a te- deadline mm-hmm. that you are going to finish this thing by mm-hmm. and if you keep doing other things that deadline never happens. Yeah, you never reach it. Yeah. 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 So that's why... I, I, I feel like there's a, a balance here. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's great. Okay. Well, um, <coughs> with that, I will say adieu. <laughs> and you, and you. And to you, and you, and you. Um, thanks for listening. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, yep. Irish Writers Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we are. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Irish Writers Pod. You can email us at Irish Writers Podcast at gmail.com or visit our website, Irish Writers Podcast.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.